Hello everybody, welcome to a new episode of the podcast Being Human. My name is Mary Patricia and I am here today to speak about the future of yoga. So over the past year and a half, maybe up to two years now, we've been having this conversation. How can we move forward as yoga teachers? How can we move forward as studios? How can we make the relationship stronger and between studios and teachers and students. And obviously when the pandemic started, nobody knew that it would go on for as long as it did. The majority of us, we lost our livelihoods or what we knew to be our livelihoods and we just jumped online. I mean, come on, nobody knew what the heck Zoom was up until that particular point. I'd never used it in my life. But at that particular time, we literally had no other choice but to get used to using technology in that kind of way. And if you were a very popular teacher, you suddenly became a superstar in your own backyard. Like it was fantastic. I mean, you had possibly 100 people turning up to your classes online and all of this energy and also loads more private p- people would have been coming th- through as well. So it was almost like, is there any incentive for us to go back to, at least to the studios? And at this present time, uh, um, the only thing I can think of that is the incentive to go back to the studios is human connection. Um, so for me, I spent most of my time um, during times of COVID traveling. I wasn't really around in the country. So because I was traveling... Um, I missed a lot of the um, harder lockdown that the UK experienced, which was great for me, but obviously not great for others. Um, so basically, I just continued to teach everything online. I was enjoying it. I had my little group of people who used to come to my classes. But then when the UK started to open up, a lot of those people, they just started to drop off and they started to go back into the gyms, into the studios because they wanted that human connection again. So for the sake of them getting that human connection, it was almost like they had to merge or get used to other yoga teachers because at that particular time, a lot of teachers were not going back into the studios, myself included. I decided that I was just going to continue to travel. Whoever wanted to continue with me online could. And if you didn't, hey, it's been a beautiful time that we've spent together. I'm happy that I could have facilitated um, their journey and their process. But I have to do what I need to do. And we all have free will to facilitate our process going forward. But really, I did have to expect that because this is the journey of a teacher. You take the students so far and then they need to go and seek other learnings and explorations. And teachers are forever students, that's what we do, so we can only expect our students to do exactly the same. So for me, at first, I was absolutely loving it, I'm not going to lie to you. The idea of rolling out of bed, just wearing my shorts and teaching a yoga class was just so appealing. I was literally teaching seven days a week, twice a day. It was highly riveting for me. I enjoyed spending time with these people who decided to come to my classes. We explored a lot deeper than what I would have in the class because it 
it was a smaller, more intimate class, meaning I could take my time and really have a look at these, these square boxes, see what everybody else was doing and just really correct them. So it was almost like them having a private lesson with me as well. I also up-leveled my business strategy in terms of what I wanted to offer. And I did have an uplift in people taking me up on my offers. I was making a lot more money than what I was making in the studios. So when you're kind of experiencing something like this, really you do wonder, why would I go back to the studios? And actually I have to add here that no studios had offered me a class by this particular point. So really, it was each man for himself out here. And it was really a double-edged sword, because when I think about it, one of the largest studios um, that I taught for, they opted to hire their guest teachers as normal teachers, as everyday teachers, with the goal of obviously bringing in more money. But then that left all of the everyday teachers, the people who run around and cover the classes develop and maintain relations with the students a lot of those teachers were left with no class at all and to be fair with you this did leave like a bitter taste in my mouth because surely you offer the teachers who are there every single day on the ground running from station to station just picking up a random sandwich eating in between of these classes these are the teachers that you're supposed to honor first but obvs this is just my opinion So with that having gone down, really I was considering just never going back to the studios because obviously they didn't really care that much about the teachers anyway. To be fair, they did change this later and I was offered a class and other really great teachers were offered classes as well. But, you know, what happened happened and we're not really just going to forget about it. Or maybe I speak for myself. (laughs) So there wasn't just that. Okay, there was also the payment. And as we know, yoga teachers don't really get paid that much anyway. You know, like if you're coming to yoga teaching, I mean, you're not thinking, I'm going to be a millionaire. That's not what you're thinking at all. Like it's more of a vocation of service. It's that simple. So if you're going to come into yoga, it has to be something that is a passion. And the passion has to be for people, leading people to a greater space of transformation, growth and expansion. You just really can't be thinking about the money, honey, because there ain't none. But what this allowed for most yoga teachers to do was to start to think about self-preservation, literally. Suddenly we were all gathering up the skills that we do have and trying to repackage them to start to offer other things. And for me, I've always had a background in marketing and HR, but what happened over the COVID period, my intuitive gifts started to become more apparent. I became more sensitive to them because obviously I had all this time to meditate, sleep and eat things that I really wanted to eat. And also, I think a lot of us became a lot more sensitive to intel, um, inner intuition, the things that need to drop in. We became a lot more sensitive to things. So that also heightened my awareness of myself and those around me. So I started also reading tarot and human design charts because it just naturally became more of my reality that people wanted to know what their purpose was. They wanted to know what their future was. So, you know, business was was really booming for somebody like me or anybody who was an intuitive psychic or medium. But there was also the other side of this. Somebody would go through a gruesome 
um, break up and decide now that they were the relationship expert and start flogging. I am the relationship guru. I broke up with my partner of 29 years and now I'm going to help you to come out of your stupor. I'm going to help you to, to relive your life, find something else that means something to you. It was just insane and interesting all at the same time. But we do have to remember that at that particular time, it was come one, come all. People were reinventing the wheel here like it was totally fascinating. But now that things have started to stabilise, now what? Like, Where do we go from here? It's not that simple to just say, yes, I'm going to make yoga my full-time gig anymore. Because I guess when yoga was our full-time gig, as soon as the shit hit the fan, everybody just ran for cover and looked after themselves. And what we all learn from this is number one, especially for the yoga teachers, it's important to have another vocation, but also for the studios that it's the teachers that are important, not so much the studio. Because I was getting, all of my clients were actually coming from the studios and the gyms that I worked in and they were just coming straight to me. They didn't need to go through the studio anymore because now they have direct access to me. And that in itself really empowered the teachers. And interestingly, since I've been back in the UK, I've noticed that the teachers who had some of the really nice classes or some of the really nice times or or the plum time, let's call them the peaky plum times when people can actually make classes. So, you know, the sweet times, i.e. 6pm, 7pm, 8pm. These are nice times to teach because you know that your classes are going to be quite full. So the teachers who had these classes, a lot of them just moved outside London And they didn't actually think it was worth their time traveling in for just one class. And you can't actually blame them. Some of them just had other businesses. So when the studios opened up, there was a lot more opportunity available for lesser known teachers to get on the schedule and start all over again. Because that's basically what we're doing now. And because most of us are starting again, I wonder, is there space for new yoga teachers? Because I've definitely noticed... And so have some of my other yoga teacher friends. We have noticed that there are a lot of teacher trainings now available. Now, I don't have any problem with this. But my thing is, okay, the yoga teachers that already exist are barely eating out here. So if you're training to become a yoga teacher now, it's very important now that you know that there is not a big industry for you to be able to make money. It's really that simple. If you're a yoga teacher now, you have to have another vocation. It is that simple. There is no two ways about it. There's nothing more I can even add to that. If you are training to be a teacher now, it's really important that you know it's for self-development, self-empowerment, self-growth. It is not to obtain a lifestyle of free travel, drinking the kombucha honey and lazing on some island in Bali. Because although that's what the landscape it did look like previously, it really wasn't like that. The yoga teachers are literally slaving to make a buck out here. So even though the, the landscapes look good, it was always a strenuous landscape Those people that you see are going out there and lounging around in Bali and places like, I don't know, Thailand or all these great places where they have these great studios. A lot of those people, they have parents who are backing them up 
or they have some investor that's backing them up or they have a rich partner or a partner who's very supportive. And I can vouch for that because I was one of those people who had the supportive partner. So therefore, I was able to live my dream in LA, wearing the aloe leggings, swimming in the ocean, drinking the fabulous coffees, darling. But the reality is that most yoga teachers are not making a lot of money. And yes, I'm talking a lot about money, mainly because this has really affected us in the past year and a half to two years. Listen, Without my yoga practice, I'd probably be dead. There's no two ways about it. It saved my life on many, many, many occasions. And really, money can't make up for my life. But we also have to remember that we're living on the 3D. We're living on the material plane. And because we're living on the material plane, mans have got to eat out here. Mans need shelter. People need to be wearing underwear. Well, not really, but you know what I mean. And for this reason, it needs to be explicitly explained that if you are taking a yoga class now, right now, after the pandemic, it is really important for these people to know that yoga can't be their main vocation unless they have major investors who want to invest in them. It's got to be a side gig. It's got to be a side gig. And there has to be a responsibility from the facilitators to let people know this. And in these times, I do wonder if we're going to be left with any of the good yoga teachers. I feel like the good yoga teachers are not going to be able to to afford to teach yoga. And we're going to be left mainly with the people who can afford to teach it. And are they the best teachers? I don't know. I'm not here to judge it. But you know what I mean. It's definitely something to consider. Definitely something to consider. So with that, everybody... That was my final word on this. I'll probably do a second episode on this as there's so much more I want to say. But as I always say, I like to keep these musings short and sweet. All right then, team. That is the end of the podcast for today. I shall see you soon once again or you shall hear me soon once again. Ciao for now.